Would you do me a favor? I have had some amazing news. My book, Past Lives with Pets, was nominated for a Visionary Award for 2020. Thank you so much to everyone who supported this book and who supports my work over the years. I am so very grateful and I need your help. Would you vote for my book? You can do this by going over to my website at pastlifelady.com. Click on the blog link and it'll take you to a short article I wrote and the link is there. The votes will be counted up until April 30th. And just know I am so very grateful for your support and friendship over the years. I've got tons of new books coming out um, over these next few years that I hope you will love as well. Just remember when you do this survey, it's going to take a little while. There's many, many categories and you won't see Past Lives with Pets until you get pretty far down the survey. You do need to answer every section of the survey in order for it to count. And just know that I'm grateful for the few minutes of your time and just know it means the world to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Namaste. The Healing Arts Program is not intended as a substitute for consultation with a licensed medical or mental health professional. The listener should regularly consult a physician or mental health professional in matters relating to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Kerr. Welcome to the show, my dear friend. How are you doing? So, wow, I am so excited because today we have my ideal guest. Dr. Raymond Moody is the one guest who I have most wanted to have on the Healing Arts Podcast for a lot of reasons, but one reason is because um, back in the early 2000s, I had a real radio show. (laughs) Not that you're not real, but... um, Let's just say technology, as you know, has changed everything since those days. I used to have to drive to a radio station, sit in a studio to do this stuff. And my very, very first guest on my show that was called Beyond Reality was Dr. Raymond Moody because we were really good friends. And so it's just such a thrill to reconnect with him on the Healing Arts Podcast. And so we're going to be doing a special three-part episode that I know you will absolutely love. One of the reasons why we are going to do a three-part episode is because Dr. Moody is a philosopher who is actually trained in the study of philosophy. And when he gets talking about some of these mind-bending concepts, it's really a lot to digest and take in. And even for myself, I just feel like I need to sit with the things that he's talking about for a while. 
And so in each segment, we're going to kind of switch gears and it'll give us all, myself on the top of that list, just time to digest and really think about the things that he's saying because a lot of his concepts, at least in my own life, have been very, very transformational and profound. And I really believe the same will happen to you when you hear what he has to say. And speaking of the show that I had back on the radio station, I do have Raymond a couple of times as my guest on that show. Um, I've got one of the recordings, but it's in a file format that I cannot get transferred. On the Healing Arts Podcast, if you listen to earlier seasons of the show, I gave you a program that I did with amazing Greg Braden and Carolyn Mace. And I've got a lot more shows than those, but um, I'm having a hard time transferring them into usable audio. So I'm hoping I'll be able to do that. But also, I'm just hoping to get some of these incredible people back on the show because we haven't talked in this way in many, many years. And it's just really, really fun to reconnect. And especially with Dr. Moody, because he is literally one of my favorite people on planet Earth at this time. My fascination with Dr. Raymond Moody's work began when I was a kid because his landmark international bestseller, Life After Life, was released in 1975. And so you can do the math, but at that time I was eight years old. And I, you know, I don't have a lot of memories of childhood like other people do, but I do remember his book because I was walking through my elementary school library. Uh, you know, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I remember a big bookshelf to my left and I was just walking and I don't know if it fell on the floor or something just said, look down at this shelf. And when I looked down, his book was there and I just picked it up life after life about near-death experiences. I checked it out. I took it home and I do have memories of sitting outside at the edge of my driveway after reading some of the things in this book and just gazing up at the sky, at the stars, and this really, you know, I want to say kind of almost like a dreadful feeling like, oh my God, we're all going to die, you know, and where are we going from here and what's going to happen to me? And this was the first time that that really hit me in like a very visceral way. And so, this book made such an impact on my life that I can't even begin to describe it to you. And you probably have your own things that happened to you when you were a kid that did the same for you. But for me, this was Dr. Moody's book, Life After Life. Absolutely. And so years later, little did I know that I was going to have a chance to meet with Dr. Moody and work with him. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And this speaks to what he's going to talk about in this book about the way God works in our life, that God's planting little seeds along the path and putting certain things into our lives for a reason. You know, I really believe we're meant to meet certain people. And I was certainly meant to meet Dr. Moody. And I am so very grateful, even to this present day, that I've had that opportunity and that I was able to find that book at such a young age that made such a dramatic shift on how I was going to view the world for the rest of my life.
Suffice to say, even to this present day, I am still completely blown away by the alignments and synchronicities that allowed me to meet Dr. Moody many, many years ago in person, which I still cannot believe. And, you know, if you think about your own life, you've got your own stories about synchronicities and the way things work out. And I think that the more that we're willing to pay attention to those things, then the more they start happening in our lives, as you know. So I don't know that I've really told this story fully, but you and I have become such great friends over the course of this past year with all of the crazy stuff that we've been through together that I want to tell you this because it is pretty interesting. Um, I Back in 2001, I went to the American Institute of Holistic Theology, and I ended up graduating with my doctorate in philosophy in this discipline called parapsychic science, which is like the study of energy medicine. And people asked me about the school. It was a really cool school. I actually was an adjunct faculty member for the Institute. And we traveled all over the United States going to metaphysical expos because it was really one of the only places where you could study metaphysics at that time. And sadly, they were located in Alabama but because the state had a lot of crackdowns, you know, it's really hard to operate schools that are teaching the kind of open-minded things that we are talking about on the Healing Arts Podcast. So the school doesn't really exist anymore. But back in those days, um, I had started some research into HUNA. I wrote my PhD dissertation on that, and I was encouraged by faculty there that this actually was so interesting, they'd never heard about it before, that I should publish it into a book. And so through this weird twist of fate, uh, one of my friends knew that I loved Dr. Raymond Moody, and I loved the book Life After Life, and noticed that Dr. Moody at that time was living in Las Vegas, Nevada, and he had an ad on his website saying he needed a research assistant. And my friend was like, you should apply, you should apply. And I was like, oh, I can't, oh, I can't do that possibly. I mean, that's Dr. Moody, you know. I want you to realize that, you know, like I think of Oprah Winfrey, like she's somebody that everybody wants to meet, right? So if you can imagine this, Dr. Moody, he is my Oprah Winfrey, right? I mean, I've known about him since I was a little kid, like eight years old, so of course, there's nobody bigger than him in the whole world. And so obviously I said, no, I can't do that. That's just too much for me. You know, I'm not worthy or whatever I was thinking. So this sounds insane, but my friend called Dr. Moody and left a message saying, hey, this is Shelly Care. Would you please give me a call and gave him my telephone number. So one day I was just out minding my own business and I came back and checked my voicemail and I hear this, hello, this is Dr. Raymond Moody. I'm returning your call. And I just went, holy bleep. You know what I mean? I was like, oh my God, what is going on here? This is crazy. You know, I had to like peel myself off the ceiling for a while and kind of start doing some deep breathing. So I'd stop hyperventilating. And so finally I called him and we talked about my background and so then, you know, he said, okay, well, somebody will get back to you. Cause I guess I just figured, well, I'm going to tell him what I'm doing. And so I ended up having this strange dream one night that was kind of, um, you know, it was kind of in the astral realm where I met Dr. Moody in an all you could eat buffet at the Frontier Hotel in Las Vegas, which still doesn't even exist anymore. And in that 
astral space, he said, hey, we've got, we have a plane ticket for you. And so sure enough, the next day they contacted me and they said, we'd like you to come in for an interview. Well, as it turns out, right around this time, that department ended up going um, bye-bye. And so this never really happened, but I was coming through Las Vegas sometime later for another event that I was doing. And I ended up contacting Dr. Moody. I went to meet with him. And this was about the time that I needed um, some input on my book, Origins of Huna. And so I told him about it. And he was so excited. He said, oh my gosh, that sounds like an incredible book. And I, something just said, wow, would you want to write a foreword for it? He goes, I would, I would. And so I sent him the book. He wrote the foreword. And then what ended up happening, which was so profound, is that Dr. Moody and I, I never worked for him, but I ended up working with him. We went on tour together. We did several lectures together. I brought him to Dallas. Um, and then I had several books, my book, Livestream Journeys into Past and Future Lives. He endorsed that. And he introduced me to Dr. Brian Weiss, who endorsed the book as well. Um, he also invited me to attend his Psychomantion training, which we are going to talk about in part two of this interview which is where we have visionary encounters with the dead. It's a really profound training that I took from Dr. Moody many years ago. And he's also going to talk about in part two of this interview, which you need to stay tuned and listen to. He's going to talk about um, this house that he used to live in, which was at this old mill. And I was at the mill because that's where I took this training. So I'll remind you of that when we get into the next part of this three-part interview. And anyway, so while I was at that training... That's where I met my really good friend at the Edgar Casey Foundation. And so that's what opened the door to me meeting them and redoing their gem book and then becoming friends with all those people in Virginia Beach. And so, you know, it just goes to show, which is one of the things Dr. Moody is going to talk about in this book, about how God works with us in our lives. We are meant to meet people. And through different people we meet, we meet other people. And then that opens up whole new avenues that really creates the life that we're truly meant to live. And I just can't tell you enough of all the friends that I've had over the years. And I haven't seen Raymond in a long time, but man, we just picked it right up where we left off because we've always uh, just been very dear friends. He's a wonderful person. He's just been a friend to so many people. And that's one of the reasons why he is so beloved around the globe at this time. And so I hope you will love this interview as much as I love doing it. And um, I think that you're going to have some mind-bending epiphanies of your own as you really contemplate some of the really bigger picture things that Dr. Moody's talking about. So let's go get right into this and check it out. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. So you know that we started this program because I wanted to meet with amazing people and of all the people in the world who I wanted to see in the Healing Arts podcast is my doc, my friend, Dr. Raymond Moody. Um, Dr. Moody's work has been a huge impact on my life since I read his book, Life After Life, many, many years ago. That came out in 1975. Um, by the grace of God, we had a chance to work with each other. And he's got an amazing new book out that you are going to love. So Dr. Moody, it is a joy to see you and to reconnect. And I welcome you to Healing nice. Arts. Thank you, Shelley. It's just, you know, you're just such a great person and I'm just so happy to be with you again. Thank you. Likewise, likewise. I love your new book, God is Bigger Than the Bible. It is amazing. Um, I love it. Thank I cannot recommend you. it enough. Thank you. 
So you, you start the book out by talking about the reaction that some people had to this title and people yes. think, what is going on with this title? You talked about your friend, Brian. So what did people think when yeah. you told them you were writing a book called God is Bigger Than the Bible? Yeah, my friend, Brian, who's somebody I've known since he was 17, he was cutting the grass at our house one day and he's sitting, I was sitting out on the porch in 2010 writing this book. So Brian came up the back steps to get a Coke from the refrigerator. So he said, what are you doing? What are you writing there, Raymond? And I said, I'm writing a book called God is Bigger Than the Bible. And Brian went just like this. And he looked down and he said, huh, sometimes I think his word is even greater than he is. <laughs> and if you think about that for a moment, you know, and it's, and I've had, what that title does is it creates cognitive dissonance, like where two things where you think you know clash. And um, to my astonishment, you know, many people are not able to separate the Bible from God in their mind. Right. And it becomes, it comes so severe to some people to it, to it becomes what uh, is called bibliolatry, which is like when you, um, when you um, um, worship a book, right? And the book that many people worship is the Bible. And, uh, but if you think about for just a minute, you'll see, I mean, God is the being greater than which none other can be conceived. Right. And to say that the that God is on the par with the Bible, which is a wonderful document put together over centuries by very nice and enlightened people, I know. But, I mean, it just doesn't mesh. I mean, obviously, God is far, far, far greater than the Bible. And yet, because so many people do have that, you know, they can't really clearly separate the Bible in their minds. And to me, what this does is... Uh, that, you know, you can't get the two separate, God and the Bible. So, what I've, I didn't come into to God, I didn't come to God by the Bible, right? I was, my dad was not religious, and he was kind of sarcastic about religious and religions, and I kind of grew up in isolation from all of that, and um, so I came about my relationship with God through hearing people with uh, near-death experiences talk about this wonderful, compassionate, humorous educator and counselor. And um, so, so that's what I want to do in this book, is that I want to help people who, who are trying to find God but who are just turned off by organized religion or by, or by, and, and or just don't know much about the Bible. And what I'm saying in the book is you can have a just fine and glorious and deep and loving relationship with God without knowing much about the Bible and that God is not going to hold us to task or hold it against us. Um, because we don't know much about the Bible. Absolutely. And you said the book is really your personal experiences rather than you're, you're not trying to persuade people of these things, no. but you're just pointing it out. You mentioned the pandemic. I guess I want to talk about that for a minute. 
and just the people, what yeah. we're all going through and people who came to you who are struggling with understanding God. So can you tell us about that? Well, you know, in psychiatry, which I did for a long time and I still do counseling and, and um, you know, it's like many people come to you for spiritual problems without really realizing they're spiritual and, you know, I just have met a lot of people in my practice over decades who uh, don't know what they're looking at, looking for, but they're obviously looking for a relationship with God, but they don't even have the words to put that together or so on. And you can't just, you can't just bring this up to them, right? Like, cause you know, you, they'll think of it as preaching or you're trying to convert right. them or something, but um, there are ways to, um, you know, to to be on a spiritual basis with people and lead them without trying to impose any sort of religion on them. And, um, you know, it's like when somebody asks me, which people often do, it's like, Raymond, do you believe that God exists? I say, no, absolutely not. What? <laughs> well, yeah, because, and then I go on to explain that I, Raymond Moody, am a limited human being, and any any um, belief that I could formulate about God would be bound to be off base in some dimension or other. Um, and plus, if you think about that sentence, do you believe that God exists? Well, the emphasis of that sentence is on the word exist. And as a professor of logic, which I did for quite a while, I could I could take you through a process to take about a um, hour, but I could show you what it means to say that something exists and even how to symbolize that. But it, when it comes to God, I just give up. You know, I mean, I right. what I say is I have a relationship with God, and the question of existence doesn't even arise. I know quite a number of people in my life who have one of their main ways of dealing with God or relating to God or in main God related activity is to wonder or argue or try to reason out whether God exists. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to take a very limited human concept, namely the concept of existence, and draw us that as a circle around God. Well, you just can't do it. What I say is God is greater than existence itself. And to allow yourself to be limited in your relationship with God by this, this logical concept of existence, to me, that's just ridiculous. I, you know, it's, uh, does God exist? Well, the question doesn't even arise in my mind because it's like the, the the question of existence doesn't apply to God or non-existence. The, the, the concept isn't even applicable because God is greater than even existence itself. You know, I, I totally agree with your whole take on that because I've always said that how, I don't know where I read this many years ago, but it was talking about the fact that the machine itself aka us we cannot possibly mm -hmm. understand ourselves because we're yeah. in our own bodies That's and right. so you're right how are we going to understand the under the non-understandable it makes That's complete right. sense and uh, you know since 1965 i've talked with probably thousands and thousands of people with near-death experiences who 
who, you know, from their point of view, they actually were with God and in the presence of God. Right. And that is, and what the most common thing people say about that is that no matter how articulate or well-educated or they are, or how many languages they speak, they say there are no words that this is just, it's ineffable or indescribable. And I, I would say the same thing about myself. In 1991, I had a, I was going through a really tough time and I had a a personal experience of encounter with God. And I know what people are talking about you. I mean, it's something that totally is beyond anyone's ability to even begin to put it into words in a way that would um, um, make anybody else understand it. This complete compassion and just complete understanding and, uh, it's really remarkable. And yet it seems to me that the data that you've been studying since the 70s and the interviews that you've done with people who have had these experiences, that would be more proof of God really than any written book, as you said, like a book that's written by man, although it may yeah. be wonderful. How could that be as powerful as the face-to-face -face encounters that people who you've interviewed have had? I mean, they're not comparable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think um, one thing I've observed about many people, uh, Shelley, and I'm sure you have too, is that so many people are just terrified to say, I don't know. Well, I, um, when I was seven or eight years old, I've been curious all my life. I had two doctoral degrees before I was 31 years old, a PhD in philosophy and an MD degree. Plus three of those years, I'd been a philosophy professor. So anybody at our age, you know, that you're younger than me, but you, you know, within that category of being able to realize that there's something terribly wrong with somebody who would have two doctoral degrees by the age of 31. <laughs> I mean, think about it. I, my whole life was my nose in a book. But when I was seven or eight and I looked through a telescope for the first time, I realized that with as curious as I was, I was never going to know much of anything compared to the cosmic scale. So I have just always been very satisfied and completely, you know, fine with saying, I don't know. To me, that was going to be my state of life from I realized early in life. And that, that that's not troubling to me. And yet I can understand too how many people who are raised in a severe education where they're taunted or criticized for not being able to answer a question or to, or to think they have to know everything, then they can resort to ideologies, you know, where they, they've got to have an answer to everything. And I can sort of, I try to imagine what that must be like. And it just it must be pretty distressful to have to think, you know, to think, have to know that you feel like you know everything. I mean, I feel sorry for those people. I mean, I have my own hangups and neuroses, which are pretty terrible too. But I mean, that's one I've never, I've just never got. I mean, why? And, and so then when it gets into some religion, you know, I mean, it's like some narrow religion, people have to act this way like they know all this when the rest of us can kind of look at that and they 
they doth protest too much, right? I mean, right. Uh, who comes on like that? Well, I know it all. It's like, and they're trying to convince you. Well, that's a giveaway that deep down they're not sure of themselves, but if they just act so confident and can kind of cow you into um, thinking that they know, then maybe they imagine, I suppose, that if they could get you to mouth the same formulas, that will make them feel better and will satisfy this inner disturbance they have, which really means that they don't know either. They don't know any more than you or I do. And um, I've seen, you know, I mean, then from the deep south, I've seen all my life, it's like there's a certain kind of person who uses the Bible as a cudgel, right, to right. try to get everybody else in line with them. And, um, but, you know, I mean, let's be normal human beings and sympathetic human beings. Most of those Bible fanatics, if, if you just question, I don't mean harshly, but if you just question them very gently, right? You can quickly see they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's just like it's a rhetorical device that they are trying to get everybody else to conform to their worldview. And so it's amusing in one way and terrifying in another. I mean, you know, they can try to get their will wrought on the school board to teach you know, some religious doctrine in science classes or whatever. So, I mean, there's two sides of it. But what I say is this. I know enough about the Bible to know that I don't know much about the Bible. Yes. And uh, I think that a lot of people um, don't know enough about the Bible to know that they don't know much about the Bible. <laughs> the, the way I think about it is um, I was 18 years old. I'm 76 now. And I was 18 years old when I fell in love with ancient Greek philosophy. And I have assiduously studied ancient Greek philosophy continually since I was 18 years old. Well, and I still say at page 76, there is far, far, far more about ancient Greek philosophy than I don't know than I do. And I've studied the Bible enough to understand that the same thing would be true of the Bible, right? I mean, it right. takes a lifetime of study to, you know, even get a little bit of knowledge on that. So to Absolutely. me, it's like, I call it Bible abuse. It's like Bible abuse to me is a, is a spiritual illness. And uh, it's kind of like, it's, uh, it's using the Bible as a cudgel to get everybody else in line with your beliefs. And, uh, and, and as I said, I think if you, if you just question them gently, you'll see they, they don't know any more than you and I do. But, you know, they, they, they are forced and compelled into this rigid kind of point of view to um, guess in an attempt to get everybody else in step with their own minds. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will continue talking to Dr. Raymond Moody about some of his other work and more on his new book, God is Bigger Than the Bible. We'll be right back. Thank you, sweetie.
We'll be right back. Hey, my friend, have you known your pet in a past life? Well, believe it or not, a lot of people have. You can check out case histories and find out more about your connections to your little fuzzballs in my book, Past Lives with Pets. Check it out and find out today. Welcome back to Healing Arts. I'm Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. I hope you loved listening to part one of three of my interview with Dr. Raymond Moody. You know, I just still can't uh, help but pinch myself at how lucky I am to have met my friend Raymond and all the wonderful things and ideas that he shared with me and really with the world over the years. So I do hope you will check out the next two parts of this. In part two, we're going to talk about interpersonal relationships and connections. Raymond's got some amazing stories about his kids in this book. And then we'll just continue on with our discussion in part three. And so these are going to be coming out over the next few days. So enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. And meanwhile, I just can't wait to talk to you again in the next episode of Healing Arts. Would you do me a favor? I have had some amazing news. My book, Past Lives with Pets, was nominated for a Visionary Award for 2020. Thank you so much to everyone who supported this book and who supports my work over the years. I am so very grateful and I need your help. Would you vote for my book? You can do this by going over to my website at pastlifelady.com. Click on the blog link and it'll take you to an, a short article I wrote and the link is there. The votes will be counted up until April 30th. And just know I am so very grateful for your support and friendship over the years. I've got tons of new books coming out um, over these next few years that I hope you will love as well. Just remember when you do this survey, it's going to take a little while. There's many, many categories and you won't see Past Lives with Pets until you get pretty far down the survey. You do need to answer every section of the survey in order for it to count. And just know that I'm grateful for the few minutes of your time and just know it means the world to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Namaste. Mm-hmm.